Welcome to the Heal Everything Podcast with none other than Tama Aziz Serwa. You are not here by coincidence. This is a sacred space for the holy, ratchet woman who knows that she has the power to heal everything. I'm going to help you learn some new things, create a legacy of healing, elevate your mind. You do not want to miss an episode of this podcast. So make sure you subscribe and you share and you favorite us. And invite your sisters because we're about to have a powerful conversation. Tune in. Welcome to another season of the Heal Everything podcast. You are listening to none other than Reverend and High Priestess Tama Aziz Serwa. I do not take it lightly that you find this podcast to be of value in your life. And I am so ecstatic about season eight. Our focus over the next couple of episodes is about having conversations around love being easy. I know, take a deep breath. (laughs) Love is actually very easy. What's hard is fear. And so I've leaned into some incredible, powerful, amazing men in my life to come and be a part of season eight to help us as women and men. I have, you know, wide range of listeners throughout the world. I really want us to align with a higher truth about love and relating, how we demonstrate the love that I believe every single one of you listening already are. And so I am just so giddy, so happy to have this incredible human being as my guest for the first episode in season eight. Our topic tonight is, do I really need to follow the template for five love languages? And so join me in welcoming none other than this incredible person, Gerald DeBose. Thank you for being here. I'm going to go ahead and tell you who he is. He's also known as the shy guy with a big mouth. He is a gifted visionary on a mission to change the consciousness of the world. He has built and advised several multi-million dollar businesses over the last two decades. He is the author of the book, The Formula for Success, Four Steps to Succeed at Anything in Life. And Gerald has authored two other books, in addition to being an impassioned keynote speaker and activist, he is a father, a business cultivator, a sales trainer, a poet, and a truth seeker. And I'm going to throw in there a truth revealer. <laughs> Gerald <laughs> is incredible. We've known each other, Gerald, now for probably five or four years. Like, we have really been able to go into the marketplace, bring men and women together and help them be medicine to one another. So deep bow to you, I honor you. For those of you who want to learn more, you can go to his website, www.thenewwealthorder.com and you can follow him on Twitter at Gerald D-N-W-O. He's also on Facebook, put in Gerald DeBose. He's also on LinkedIn, 
as Gerald DeBose, and I will repeat all of his contact information, but I really need us to get into this conversation. So, Gerald, thank you again for saying yes. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to share the space. It is an honor to share the platform. Yeah, and you always say yes so easily. Um, our work really does complement our intentions to help people thrive and know more of who they are. So we've had this conversation just as friends and when we chit-chat. Now we're going to have it publicly, but I want to make sure that my listeners understand what the five different love languages are. So the first um, is words of affirmation, right? So people communicate their love through affirmations, encouragement, appreciation, listening actively, um, sending unexpected texts and love notes and cards, that kind of thing. Second love language is physical touch. That's my favorite, if I can just be transparent. Um, <laughs> they already know on the podcast who I am. The first thing. Hey, I'm a hugger too, so I, I, I get that. I, I am definitely a hugger. Yes. Like, you know, Gerald, people are paying people just to cuddle with them. Like, that's how important. Yes, I remember the um, when we were talking about that before that there are professional cuddlers now. Now, Amazing. as a wealthy woman, I almost added that as a stream of income. Let me just be very clear. I was like, they will pay me to hug them. Let's do it. <laughs> so, yeah. the love language is physical touch, nonverbal use of your body, touching to show love, hugs, kisses, cuddling. Um, the third receiving gifts right thoughtfulness um the louis bag all that kind of stuff right fourth love language is quality time uninterrupted focused conversation cell phone is off right and then the fifth one is acts of service letting someone know that you want to help that you want to lighten their load surprising them with a Groupon for a massage and telling them to take the day off, right? So I don't have a problem, Gerald, with any of these things. I think for me, what I think is problematic is that we limit how we can express love to these five categories. And I just think love is bigger than that. I, I, I believe so too. And I would like to say that what we didn't say is that all of this stems from a book that someone yes. wrote about a little over 20 plus years ago now. I think it came out like 2099, somewhere up in there. Yeah, so, it's been out for a while. Yeah, so so it's been it's been floating around for a while, and and it was a best selling book. Now, I think one of the challenges that I have with with it is that when books become very popular, they become the consciousness of the public. Mm. And what, what, what where that becomes a challenge is, is that this is one person's opinion of how they feel it's easiest to break down how you communicate love. So this is an opinion that became what quote unquote fact or truth well fact not truth they're mm -hmm. different so um just like before 
the five love languages. It was the men are from Mars, women are from Venus, whole phenomenon. I so, remember that. Yes. So that that was the diaspora that people were talking from. Well, you know, because of how men are being, because of how men think and how women think, this is why you have to understand how to bring that together. So this is always someone's way of trying to help people connect and put it into the simplest terms mm -hmm. that they know how. And I think that love is an expression of ind an individual thing anyway. So you shouldn't be afraid if you break outside of that five or say, hey, one of those don't speak to me. Because mm -hmm. even in the book, if you read it, they're like, well, you're going to be more than one of these things. There'll be one that's <laughs> dominant and one that's minor. And I'm like, so you're saying that, saying that the five love languages that you have to find your one doesn't really convey anyway. So right. if people look at the full context of it, that there is no one way, true way to express love in just one form. There are things that you can say, this is how I want love communicated to me. But I don't think, I think it goes far beyond those five things because, again, that's restrictive. And I mm -hmm. believe love is an opening expression versus yes, more, and more of an, a restrictive expression. So I need you to add to your bio a preacher, right? Because I feel like you just preached real, real good. I need a tambourine or something. Preach, preacher. You said something very profound and you really made it very simple. But yes, this does, this ideology and philosophy stems from Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages. And here's the problem when you try to make other people the guru for matters of your heart. It is a behavior that reflects a lack of self-trust and a lack of skill with your instincts and intuition. Why would you want to run somebody else's template for your, your love experience? I think we only look for a teacher, a king, a guru, a coach, when we don't trust that we know what we're doing and what we're doing is what's best for us. But we can't simultaneously say that God is love. I am love. God is in me. But I'm going to need you to fit one of these five. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense when we actually look outside of the template and, and, and really define what love is. So, Mr. DeBose, what is love? I think, again, when you break down what love is, it, it, all, it all becomes individual because what I view as love and what you view as love may be different, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I think that breaks down into, again, individual wants, needs, but love to me is just the ultimate expression of acceptance of oneself and acceptance of others. Mm -hmm. The ability to allow yourself 
and others to be whom they are with total acceptance and non-judgment. Now, you can hold people accountable for their behaviors. Understand, total acceptance doesn't mean that you accept every behavior. You have to mm-hmm. be accountable for behaviors. But you, your acceptance of the individual does not change, though, because of the behavior. Which you just understand who they are and how you function. deal with them. Exactly. Right. You don't function in expectation. You function in mindfulness and presence when you have accountability in place. I think people need to know the difference, really. There's a huge difference, and I think that's why so many people get frustrated in love, with love, and with their quote-unquote loved one, because they do try to fit them into these boxes that society has told them whether it was their parents, whether it was their grandparents, whether it's their family in general, their friends, or these books. As you said, people go to these books to try to understand better whom they are. And don't get me wrong, reading is... It's fundamental. <laughs> yes. And, 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 it's, and, and it's key to growth. Yeah. The more you read, the more things you are exposed to, the more of you are, you are allowed to become. Because... There are people that do have understandings that you don't, which is why you go to counsel, which is why you go to coaches. Now, as you said, as you start to understand more of who you are, you can begin to express that. Other people's opinions become just that. They're just an opinion. Yeah, because all information is neutral until we organize and foul it. So what a lot of people do when they're choosing what information to align with, they're picking things that make them feel good, which I get because feeling good is important, but there's a higher level of consciousness that exists, especially when it comes to loving someone else because your lover is your master teacher and their job is to show you where your wounds still hurt. It's not their job to be the medicine, even though sometimes that happens but they're a mirror. And, you know, as people interpret and describe love, I think love itself gets a bad rap. Um, and people try to become the manager of love. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's where these templates become problematic for me because you can't really be in an authentic expression of love um, when you're in the manager consciousness. You have to learn how to relax and become fully present to the experience. So I want to make it practical because I know I I speak heavy. So, you know, I want to make it practical. I was going to say, you know, because if, if we just break it down, then presence is key in love. And the problem is most people look at love as future. Yes. More than present. Yes. So or they look at love as something other than who they are. Yes. So so there's a perspective and a perception problem. They look mm-hmm. at love as an external thing more than it more than an internal thing. They also look at love as future more than present. So if you have a perception problem, which love is this external thing that you have to build and blah blah blah, 
versus you are love and you express who you are and that allows things to come into your life that will be part of that love. Yes. Literally, I'm going to share an experience I had with, with an incredible man. From the moment I met him, his energy affected me at every level, psychologically, emotionally. I could feel his vibration in my body from the moment I met him, right? And this is when I knew that my perspective of love had evolved because I used to be the kind of woman who was trained to look for that divine, you know, moment where he says, looks me in my eyes and says, Tema Aziz I love you. You know, <laughs> we, we put it in commercials. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we yeah. yeah. <laughs> With this man, it's from the moment we met, we knew love was present. So now the the journey between us wasn't about when it when are we gonna find love with each other or when are we gonna have that quote unquote moment and how do I decide if he's worthy of my love? Like I don't have those kind of values anymore. I am love, so if I'm here, love is present. Mm. And and every moment becomes the moment. Every moment is the moment. So now I'm not chasing the next moment. The moment I'm in is delicious. And I'm a feast. And I'm going to make sure I'm full. Because I'm going to be fully present. And then, you know, that eliminated me doing the, the games. My spiritual father would always say to me, if you play the game long enough, you become the game. So the value system that I need you to perform, like the love language that says acts of service, right? I don't want a man that I love to be my servant. I would prefer he be king, right? So like all of the shifts begin to happen where I'm not going to make you perform for my love because if I do, then that means I'm a performer. Ooh, wait, now you, you you go on, you see see you 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 you're connected now. You're gonna have to give that to them one more time and just a little bit slower because cause that that was a powerful statement. Yeah, I'm not gonna make anyone perform for my love because if I do, that means I'm a performer. So not now the whole dynamic is no longer about who we are and learning how to harmonize the layers of ourselves so that we can move in congruence. Now it's about performance. Ooh, and ooh, just, I, I want to add something right there because not only if you ask someone to perform for your love, that makes you an audience member because you're watching a performance. You have to watch mm. the performance. You're not even part of the show. You are not an active participant in your own version of love oh that's good that's potent mm -hmm. so i don't think that we can take the limits off of love that's my love style you know that's the conversation these days gerald are you poly are you uh you know like everybody's yeah. got a title me i'm just like i ain't got no shortage of love or pleasure that's time right i took right. the limits off 
when you take the limits off of love, you really get to experience it instead of trying to control it. Uh And people who are very, very loyal to these different social templates, like the five love languages, you begin to want to possess and control people, sometimes subconsciously, because you're trying to make them fit in your template. But if the two are the same, one is not needed. So we have to figure out how to create more courage, less fear. We got to learn how to accept ourselves more, I think, so that we can offer a deeper level of acceptance when other people come in. Absolutely. And I just want you to share some of your wisdom because I've seen you demonstrate this and how you show up with your relationships with people. So um, how did you make the cross over the bridge from that lower level functioning and your love life to something greater? Well, it, it all starts with us. Again, understanding more of who you are. So the first thing, if you want if someone wants that higher expression of love, it starts with self-understanding because, again, you have to define it. You have Mm. to understand what love looks like for you. And if you don't know you, you can't define the things around you. So the first thing is to do that self-work. Understand who you are. What are your likes? What are your dislikes? What are your musts? in life because we all have those things Mm -hmm. that these things are important to me. And once you start to do that work, it allows you to come from a space where, okay, if we're all a work in progress, because I am far from done, I have to understand that your level of evolution may not be where mine is right now, right? So I can accept Mm -hmm. that we aren't on that same plane and love you for who you are, where you are, versus trying to make you be where I want you to be. Mm, Say that again for the people in the back. Mm -hmm. Say that (laughs) one more time. (laughs) So, I mean, if I understand who I am, I can allow you to be who you are and allow you to be where you are versus trying to put you where I want you to be. Mm, because my happiness is my creation, not yours. Exactly. And so we come from versus being in a reactive state of this person makes me happy. If we are at the space where I am happy, then, and we're not holding them responsible for our happiness, for our joy, then we can allow that person to be them. And we can decide whether they fit into our life or where they fit into our life accordingly. Mm-hmm. Okay? Maybe this is a person that I can spend more time with. Maybe this is a person I have to spend less time with because mm-hmm. we may be not traveling down that same path. Because unfortunately, a lot of us also have that love where you labeled so beautifully toxic lover. Mm-hmm. You have that toxic love in your life that you see that it is a hindrance to your growth right now, that this person does not fit with where you're going at this moment. But you don't let it go because you, Mm. quote, unquote, 
love them will love you enough to be free of that energy right now until you can deal with that energy accordingly. Sometimes we are our own saboteurs. Mm. We sabotage our own Mm self-love for that quote-unquote societal love that we've been told that we need to be a whole person. Yeah. But if I'm not whole, I can't bring anything to a relationship. Yeah. Because broken pieces just make a pile of broken pieces. It reminds me of a mantra I was chanting um, at the close of last year, alignment over achievement. And I think a lot of people treat their love life or their love choices like an achievement. You ever seen somebody that's like, they just got a ring on their finger and everything, you know, they wiping it for. It's like, I did that. I accomplished that. But I don't think love can be accomplished. It's not an accomplishment. Yeah. So much greater. So so much greater. I mean, you know, you know my love for poetry and all that type of stuff. So please give it to if if you feel yeah. like it. Look, I was getting getting excited. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, let me sit up, let me put my feet flat. <laughs> no, but but I'm, I'm just <laughs> quoting one of my writing influences. You know, okay. Romeo and Juliet, which I feel is one of the greatest metaphorical stories on life. There are so, so many life lessons within just the play Romeo and Juliet. Mm -hmm, I agree. Um, Just so many metaphors that align with life that are powerful, that if you get them, they can help you uh, change your perspective. So, but when Romeo um, had went to see Juliet after the party, after they had first met. You know, everybody talks about the balcony scene, but when he's leaving the balcony scene, after they've had their conversation and after they've decided they're going to meet, um, she's going to send the nurse to meet him so that they can get married. Mm -hmm. He looks at her at the balcony after she's gone in, and he says, love goes toward love as schoolboys from their books, but love from love towards school with heavy looks. And I, at 14, I knew it meant something because it just hit a chord in my soul. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't get the metaphor there. But when you listen to it and you have an, a better understanding, love, so love goes toward love. As schoolboys from their books, when people leave school, when it's summer break, when we were children, we're running and we're free and we're reckless, right? We're trying to get there, away from there as fast as possible. We're just running wild and free. Mm -hmm. But after they experience love, but love from love towards school with heavy looks, meaning, okay, I've been there. What have I learned? In yeah. this love thing, what has love taught me? That's why he says love from love towards school with heavy looks. So, yes, you run towards love recklessly. So many of us have. So many mm-hmm. of us think that that in love thing is the word. 
But in is a trans is a prepositional phrase. Anything that's in is in a form, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you can be in something, can be you can fall out of love. Mm-hmm. If you love someone and understand who you are and what your perspective of love is, then love is ever present in your life. Yeah, it becomes a decision. Not something you fall into or like um, Raheem Devon says in one of my favorite songs, why would I fall in love when I can stand in it? You know, like, I want to take away the Disney energy is what I call it around love and relationships. I want people to be grounded and wise and decisive and precise. And the to the people listening who you know resonate with like stuff like the five love languages really i feel like they're looking for skills on what to do when confrontation and growth spurts happen in the dynamic it don't really have nothing to do with love it's more like how do i get you to stop putting your boots in the middle of the floor so i'm not tripping over it that's it that's exactly it's it's actually about creating a lifestyle and I wish we would call it what it is because you can't heal without the truth and clarity you don't know how to live with someone else (laughs) and create harmony and peace yet maybe as an example and maybe some of your trauma still influences you know your inability to use your words or you know speak up or learn how to negotiate that's really what I think people are looking for. What do you think? I think I think you hit it on the head. And to just put all of that in one in one fail word, um, I would say people don't know how to communicate their true feelings because they aren't sure what they're feeling a lot of times. Mm. And so um, that's what these books are trying to get people to do. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Again, it was all about communication styles, why men are a certain way. So when women are communicating with them or if a man is communicating with a woman because she's from Venus, here's what he needs to be thinking about as he's communicating. So mm-hmm. all these books are trying to teach you how to communicate your feelings so that you can have, quote unquote, the love that you feel you deserve. You're mm. supposed to be the love you deserve, not get it. So, right. <laughs> and you can be, look, you can be so busy trying to figure out what to say that you say nothing. And that's where many people get stuck. Mm-hmm. That is, that is it because they've heard so many things. And again, like you say, some of those past traumas come up because it feels like the same old pattern to them and they don't want it to be. And they are stuck between, is this is a new situation, but it feels like the old situation. How do I say it without making them feel like I'm pulling them into that old situation? And sometimes you actually are pulling them into that old situation. Now that part, yeah. <laughs> and but but look, I believe love conquers everything when it's when it's channeled correctly. So I don't think people realize that love is present even if you're imperfect, even if you're in pain. You know, there have been moments that I know men I'm exchanging love with 
I'm nervous, afraid, triggered. <laughs> and my intention is to be their peace and to just be the space. I can just be with you wherever you are. I'm not intimidated by pain. You know, so it goes back to what I said at the beginning that love really is easy. It's the fear part that's hard. And if if we correlate that to, I feel that love, you asked me what love is and I gave um, my answer earlier, but love is truly a spiritual thing. It really and that's is. why you have to know yourself. And anything that's spiritual connects you to that higher consciousness and for those that are believers in God and understand or have that understanding in their life and that's where they feel they are, how are you going to believe in God scared? Mm. So you're saying love is an act of faith. It is. It's the fruit of faith, the demonstration that I believe in love I think we should stop trying to figure out what to do with relationships and just really figure out what to do with ourselves. And then the relationships will get better. (laughs) That part. If if we would just settle, like if we would make clear decisions, like if, for example, if I said, Gerald, okay, I'm going to decide to be in a loving exchange with you. Then, okay, boom, that's a clear decision, right? Now we start mapping out how we want to share and celebrate and express our choice. And then we can just settle into it and actually live it, be alive in your choices and your experiences instead of trying to manage it all from the outside like it's puppets, you know? Um, I think Mm. it's easier than we make it. Well, we as human beings are known to complicate simple things yeah. because we expect simple to be easy. And simple okay, so break discipline. that down. What's the difference? What's the difference? Okay, okay simple. Mm-hmm. Anything that's simple requires discipline. Simple and discipline may as well be synonyms because anything that's simple requires discipline. Easy, mm-hmm. means, easy means that there is no challenge to it. There is no work to it, right? Mm-hmm. But something that's simple does require some work. It, remind, it, it requires you to consciously do things with intention. Easy means you that you have to have no intention. That, hey, this would be easy. Mm-hmm. If you wanted, for example, adults that an adult should be able to outrun a baby, mm-hmm. a small baby, right? Mm-hmm. That's an easy act. Because why? They're bigger. They have longer legs. The baby can't walk that well, so they can move faster. That's an easy act for most adults, right? Mm-hmm. But something that's simple, like choosing happiness or what happiness is for you. For some people, happiness is, hey, when I get this job, once I have this house, once I have, well, once I have all my bills paid off, once I have all these things, they have this laundry list of things that they say 
will make them happy once mm-hmm. they do them. But mm-hmm. what they have done is set the rules of the game up because you're setting those rules. Nobody gave you those rules. You decided that's the game you want to play. So now you have your measurement. But it's you've set the game up to lose because it's so many things that have to happen for you to be happy versus mm. s- simple rules where, like, I'm like, hey, if I can get five hugs a day, if I talk to someone I love every day, if I am a bit, if I'm a better person than I was yesterday, I set my rules up so I can be happy. And you set your rules up so you can be successful. Exactly. Which allows and, what science, have, and what science has proven is the brain loves to check things off the list. It does. Mm-hmm. And as as you do that more and more and more and more, you become a happier, happier person. And that's why people are like, why are you always so happy? Because my rules for happiness are simple. I've set them up so that they're achievable and it allows me to stay in that space. And when you're in a happy place, you make different decisions than you do if you're in a frustrated place. Oh, yes. That reminds me of when I was listening to one of those Abraham messages on YouTube. And Abraham says, the better you feel, the more you allow. Surrender Mm. and trust is so much more nourishing than control. You know, it's just relax. Control is so heavy. Yeah, just Mm. relax and let it be. Mm, mm, mm. Let it be. And if it feels good and it matches, it matches. Because a lot of times people overrate connections. Like I've been on the elevator and connected somebody and was wise enough to leave it there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's like, ooh, that was a good three minutes, you know? Uh, <laughs> but it's something else when we're talking about compatibility. To me, that's... um another form of intimacy that's a little deeper because I see you correctly. You see me correctly. So we're able to interact a certain way. Yes. But people can be so starved, quote unquote, around love that they're desperate. And they put themselves in this chronic state of trying to make it happen. And, And that's why I tell people, you know, Les Brown, another one of my invisible mentors. Well, he's not invisible. I've actually met Les before. But um, he he always has the saying, you got to be hungry, right? You got to be mm-hmm. hungry. He, he used to say that. But the problem with when you're hungry, you'll eat anything. That's what hungry people do. Mm. Hunger makes you irrational. Things that you normally would not eat. Because your body is starved, you will eat it because you have nothing else to eat. Mm -hmm. And that's why I tell people, I don't want you hungry. Hungry people eat anything and they'll do anything. I want you to have a craving. A craving is specific. A pregnant woman, Mm. when they say they want butter brickle or they want butter pecan ice cream, bring a pregnant woman vanilla ice cream after she told you she wanted butter pecan. She's going to look at you like you're crazy and she's not going to eat that vanilla. No, nope. because what I want is this, and that again is clarity. Ooh. Clear, a craving is clear. 
It's understood what you want, and you won't settle for anything other than that. So, this just got real sexy. I just, I, I, I said, wait a minute. When you say craving, that word, that the energy and the difference, the distinction between hunger and craving, that was powerful. I felt that in my body, and I'm sure some of my listeners did too. They was like, "Ooh, they probably flung their hair and stuff." Um, so <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate that wisdom. I appreciate you. You've been such an um, instrumental part of my journey of learning how to interact with divine masculine energy. And I know you've heard me say this to you before, but I give people their flowers when they hear, you know, you really change the trajectory of what I would tolerate, accept, and believe about my interactions with men. And because of who you are, I have been able to go into the depths that I'm in around love and business and how I, even how I serve, like you've hit all of those layers in my life. So I thought it was only fitting to have you come and bless the people. I know they heard something that they needed to hear. And before we begin the transition out of the conversation, is there anything else you like to share? Um, anything else you're feeling in your spirit? Well, I, I would say that, you know, 2022 is 2022. Let me speak clearly because that was muttered. 2022 is the year that we're in. And I would just say, make this a year that you're better. It's a mm-hmm. better version of you, just a better friend. Just try to be better because I, I think that's what, we're all, that what we all want, but I don't think we all get there. If we focus and, again, be clear and be intentional, I just want everybody to be a little better. And I hope that this conversation allows someone to be a little better. I'm leaving this conversation a little better because I share time with you, Lady Tamer. I appreciate you, as always. You know know how we have these conversations, and it was – it's, it's such – it goes to a different place. It is so beyond the superficial when we have these conversations. So I thank you for allowing me into the church of Tama Aziz Sawa. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have good times, deep, profound conversations. There hasn't been a time that – Gerald and I have not come together either just as friends or even in the marketplace and it not be life transforming. So I don't take that that's what we have for granted. I'm so grateful for it. And I just want you to share again with our listeners how they can stay connected. Um, If there's anything coming up in 2022 that needs to be on their radar that can add value to their lives, you're more than welcome to share it with my listeners. Oh, absolutely. If they would like to find me in the space that we like to call cyber, uh, you can find me at the New Wealth Order, T-H-E, New Wealth, not New World, New Wealth Order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, just the com. power of it. Can we just say that with some uh, authority? Because, man, I, the New Wealth Order. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the New Wealth Order, you can find me there. Um, anywhere else in the space we like to call cyber, just Gerald DuBose. D U B O, no I, I am he, D U B 
G-E-R-A-L-D-O-S-E. Gerald, yes. just like you would spell Levert or Gerald Ford, G-E-R-A-L-D, DuBose, D-U-B-O-S-E. And uh, Thank things you. that you look out for, we do have some workshops coming up. Um, there's going to be a retreat called Chief Life Officer that I will be putting up on the website soon. So, yes. Keep your eye out. They can, when they go to the website, they can join your email list, stay connected, follow Gerald on social media. I know that the ladies listening and, and um, the others listening are having their wheels spinning right now. I have curated a sacred virtual space on Facebook called Let the Womb Be Heard. Um, it is exclusively for the sisters. So any of you who want to give feedback about the podcast um, in this particular episode, you can meet me there. For any of my men and other listeners, you do have the ability to leave a voice note on the podcast. Um, and so I'm going to give instructions on that as soon as we conclude this conversation. And I will personally dialogue with you. I will share it with Gerald. He will give feedback because that's how we, we do things. And so um, I just want to take a moment and invite you into my spiritual practice of deep breathing. And I would like for you to take a deep breath in through the nose and release that breath out of your mouth. And let's just do that one more time. And after you exhale, close your eyes and just say out loud, I am what I'm looking for. I am and what I, I'm looking for. And I have everything that I want. And I have everything that I want. And then smile and open your eyes and let that be your truth. <laughs> That's because you know how tame we're all. So see, you cheating. The rest of them catching up, Joe. They don't know. Everybody don't know. It's like we know each other. <laughs> you was like, I'm already there. I love it. Yeah, joy is a great tool for creative power. I hope that you're laughing, you're smiling, and you're feeling love in your body. And I can't wait to meet you in the next episode. So get ready. I told you season eight is all about love being easy. Or maybe I should change it to simple now that Gerald and schooled me on the words, the divine wordsmith. <laughs> love is easy and fear is hard. So just choose love every chance you get. Thank you for tuning in. Peace and blessings.